Greetings! We're happy you've joined us for another Peter's Children adventure. This week's episode is The Peter's Children Eat Too Many Sweets. At the end of the story, in Grandmom's Corner, my daughter Lydia will share a personal experience relevant to this week's story. As usual, in this week's story, there's a hymn title or a line from a hymn within the story. If you hear it, make sure to email us at whimsywins at gmail.com and if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Here's a little clue to help you identify that hymn or hymn line in this week's episode. It is an African-American spiritual. Last week, we didn't have a winner. In the intro, we stated that we weren't asking you to identify a children's song or a chorus, but a hymn. The hymn was, No One Understands Like Jesus. From the story, Penelope tells her mom, when you're finished listening to the story, we encourage you to take the time to listen to last week's hymn. It's time for the story. The Peters children eat too many sweets. It was never a question. When the Peters family went to the movies, they always ordered popcorn and candy and soda and had a feast of a time. Even though movies were typically only about two hours or less, Pearson and Penelope Peters never left the theater without feeling totally stuffed to the gills. Eating a scrumptious panoply of treats and sweets went hand in hand with seeing a movie. So on Friday night, when Daddy Peters announced that the whole family was going to see The Amazing's Three, Pearson and Penelope could not have been more thrilled. Mama Peters explained that because the twins were only a few months old, it was still easy to take them to the movies because they would just sit serenely in their car seats and stay sound asleep during the entire movie. And the whole family knew that Mama Peter's idea of a favorite date night always included a movie. She seemed to love the movies as much as the children, even if it was The Amazing's Three. After an early dinner of pepperoni and sausage pizza at Pizza Earth, the family was on their way. They arrived at the theater about 15 minutes before the previews were to begin. Mama Peters, along with Pearson and Penelope, stood in the concession line while Daddy Peters took the twins inside. Pearson snagged four cardboard trays to hold their drinks and food and Mama Peters ordered a large kettle corn, a large butter popcorn, four sodas, and several boxes of candy to share. Pearson and Penelope looked at each other, wide-eyed. They were gobsmacked with the amount that Mama Peters was ordering. But no one was complaining. Well, maybe Daddy Peters might. He didn't love sweets quite as much as Mama Peters, Pearson, and Penelope, nor did he love the outrageous cost at the theater. But he always remarked to Mama Peters as she headed to concessions, See no evil, hear no evil. Then he'd affectionately wink at her. He was fine with Mama Peters buying whatever she wanted to buy for the family, despite the hefty cost. Daddy Peters had a weakness of his own. So right before pain, Mama Peters bought him a half pint of salted caramel ice cream. Oh, he might object. But Mama Peters knew that Daddy Peters would eat the entire half pint himself without even a hint of protest. Who's the ice cream for, Mama? Pearson inquired. He was licking his chops and hoping against hope that the ice cream was for him. It's for Daddy Peters. But tell you what, why didn't you and Penn pick out one too? Mama said, nodding toward the ice cream freezer. Well, Pearson didn't have to be told twice. Though, if truth be told, he was astonished by the decadence. Except for Mama Peters' sweet tooth, the Peters family generally tried to eat pretty healthy. Mama Peters didn't allow sweets during the week, reserving them for special occasions or for the weekends. 
but she also regularly noted that the party's no fun without the yum. But for Mama Peters to buy this much yum was utterly surprising. After a careful search of the ice cream freezer, Pearson settled on rainbow sherbet ice cream. It was one of his very favorites. Penelope loved anything chocolate and settled on chunky chocolate brownie with chocolate chips. They showed Mama Peters their choices and she nodded in approval. Well, I guess when in Rome... That meant Mama Peters was going to choose her own favorite ice cream. Her choice of mint chip was pretty ordinary. With their purchases complete, they headed to the auditorium, where Daddy Peters had settled in with the twins. What took you so long? Oh, wait. I see. You had to buy a week's worth of sugar to be consumed in a single night, Daddy said laughingly, as he examined the pile of treats Mama Peters and the children were carrying. Well, before you make too many comments, I thought perhaps you would enjoy a tidbit of salted caramel ice cream, Mama Peters replied coyly, pulling the ice cream from behind her back and playfully placing the cold carton against Daddy's face. Startled by the cold, Daddy jumped and then realized what it was. Well, of course, I most definitely can find a spot for my favorite ice cream. As the previews began, and were nearly finished with it before the Amazing 3 even started, by the end of the movie, they had eaten all of the popcorn and most of the candy. They swigged down all the sodas as they watched in suspense, as they watched in suspense, as Mr. Amazing barely escaped a huge explosion, masterminded by his mortal enemy, Mad Dog. It was a close shave, but Mr. Amazing saved the world along with his wife, Mrs. Amazing, and their amazing children. What a show they had just watched! They were barely out of the theater when Pearson and Penelope both began to feel a little bit sick. They walked slowly to the van behind Daddy and Mama Peters without much pep in their step. They helped pop the baby's car seats into their bases and Daddy Peters started the car. From the back seat, Pearson groaned, Oh, I feel so sick. You feel sick, bud? Daddy Peters glanced at him in the rearview mirror. Me too, Penelope added. Uh-oh, it's probably because of all the junk you guys were shoveling into your mouths, Mama Peters noted. But didn't you eat it all too, Mama? Why aren't you feeling sick? Pearson looked queasy. I actually only had room for the ice cream, and since that's my favorite, it's all I wanted anyway. But I do think I overbought on the sweets for you guys. That wasn't helpful at all. That wasn't helpful or wise at all. Mama Peters was feeling guilty about her decision to allow the children to eat so much. It's okay, Mama. It wasn't your choice to eat all of it like it was our choice. She was trying to focus her eyes so that she could distract herself from the sickening feeling in her stomach. Well, Pen, I know what it's like to be overstuffed. It's unpleasant, and even though it'll pass in an hour or two, I know it's a hard lesson to learn. What's the lesson, Mama Peters? Penelope wondered. She found it helpful to think about something other than the pain in her belly. I guess the lesson is about gluttony and self-control. It's good to remember that we shouldn't eat all that appeals to us. Just because we want it doesn't mean we need it or should eat it. Of course, I wasn't helpful in allowing us to get so much food, but I'll never forget the time I ate too many jelly beans. Tell us that story, Pearson mumbled realizing that listening did help him keep his focus off of his stomach. Mama Peters looked at Daddy Peters, who was smiling at her, and gave her an encouraging glance. 
she knew Daddy Peters loved to hear her stories, and so she began. Well, many years ago, when I was about your age, Piers, I was in Sunday school, and Mrs. Flurry, who was a great teacher, taught my class. She was a tall woman with dark hair and glasses, and she never seemed bothered or flustered by anything. In fact, sometimes some of the boys acted up in class, and she didn't seem to get angry or frustrated by them. She was so patient, and we all loved her. She used a flannel graph board to explain all of the Bible stories we learned about. I remember one week in particular, and it's one of my favorite memories, because she had a board to teach us all about Jacob and his family. She had all of these little characters, sort of like paper dolls, that she put up on the flannel graph. I remember being amazed that Jacob had 12 sons and several daughters. I wish that teachers still use flannel graphs so you guys could experience it. It's really cool. It's better than a whiteboard. You just stick little cutouts on the board to illustrate parts of your story. Maybe Daddy Peters has one in the attic and he could show you sometime how to use them. Anyway, Mrs. Fleury always told us about the Bible stories in such dramatic ways and we loved it. When she taught, it seemed like the Bible came alive and she never told a story without having us snacking on something the entire time she taught. In fact, most of the time, she would bring in huge bags of popcorn and give each of us a very large pile to eat as we listened to her telling one of the stories. Oh, Mama, not popcorn, Penelope moaned. Oh, sorry, Pen, bad timing on the popcorn detail. But listening to Mrs. Flurry's stories was not too unlike the movies. She would give us all heaping piles of snacks, and we would just quietly snack and listen to the marvelous stories from the Bible. At the end, she would ask us questions, and I was always so eager and ready to answer, just like you and Pearson when Daddy Peters asked questions at family worship. One Sunday, Mrs. Flurry brought in a huge bag of jelly beans. The colors were brilliant and vivid. Reds and oranges and yellows and greens, all the colors of the rainbow inside that clear bag. Just looking at the bag made us all so excited. And since there were only 12 of us in the class, we were certain that we would each get a nice-sized heap of jelly beans. And on top of that, Mrs. Flurry announced, Children, I forgot my snack cups, so I'm just going to hand the bag around, and you can dig in and help yourself. Take as much as you want. Well, as you know, I love sweet treats. Back then, I don't think I had as much self-control. So somebody telling me I could eat as much as I wanted was exactly what I wanted to hear. Mrs. Fleury handed the bag around, and of course I took as many as my two hands could hold. I sat crisscross applesauce and piled the jelly beans in my lap. After Mrs. Fleury taught us the wonderful song, Go Down Moses, she began teaching the Bible lesson as all 12 of us began eating our way through the lip-smacking treasure piles of jelly beans. As she talked about Moses that day, I was fascinated by the idea that Moses' mom put him in a basket on the water. And I was sad for the little baby. Oh, that is so sad, Mama Peters, Penelope interjected, looking at Patience and Priscilla and imagining having to part with them. Exactly. It's a very emotional story. And I'm so thankful that God had a plan for Moses' life, just like he does for all of our lives. I remember thinking about how God took such good care of Moses. And I thought about how much compassion God has for little babies. And all of us, as I shoveled jelly beans into my mouth. I was just about finished with my pile of jelly beans when the giant bag of jelly beans was passed around again. I added some more jelly beans to my dwindling pile 
and I think by the time the bag went around the third time, I was the only one still interested. I love sugar. In fact, I think I was the one who finished the bag off. I was delighted that nobody else wanted any more. I didn't realize that I was not at all restraining myself. What do you mean, restraining? Pearson was still feeling the effects of having gorged himself. Well, when we exercise self-restraint, peers, that means we hold ourselves back from something. Even if you can have more of something or you want to do something, we are self-restrained and self-disciplined when we deprive ourselves of all we want all the time. Why, Mama Peters? This time the question came from Penelope. Well, one of the reasons is that 1 Corinthians 9 reminds us that we are to be disciplined in our bodies, that we are to exercise control over our passions, because when we don't, we will give into our passions or our desires, and ultimately, those will lead us away from Christ and into slavery to sin. My temptation to eat tons and tons of sweet treats can cause harm. If I were to give into those desires, it might become an idol for me, and I might want it more than I want to please the Lord. And then it will have consequences in my body. We must be self-controlled in all things. And I'm not just talking about eating. But in the class that day, I didn't control my eating. By the time Mrs. Flurry ended the story about Moses, I was finishing up with the last of my jelly beans. And all of a sudden, I began to feel sick. Sick! Sick! And my face began to sweat and my belly began to make yucky noises, and it just hurt so bad. I remember thinking that I probably looked green, and Mrs. Fleury must have sensed there was a problem because she looked directly at me and asked if I was going to be okay. I was so embarrassed, and I remember muttering that I was going to be fine. Thankfully, Sunday school was over, and I made my way to the bathroom. I almost ran there, despite how heavy I felt from all of the jelly beans. I was experiencing a high degree of urgency, and I barely made it into the bathroom stall when all of a sudden I threw up everywhere. Most of it landed in the toilet, but not all of it. I couldn't control it. In all my life, I had never experienced something like that. I was extremely grateful that my mom happened to notice me as I darted into the bathroom, and she came and helped me clean it up. Oh, yuck! Penelope was riveted by the story, but was also grossed out by the idea of having to clean up throw up. Every time one of the twins spit up and she had to clean it, she always plugged her nose so that she wouldn't gag. In Penelope's mind, throwing up was one of the worst things ever. Pearson didn't seem remotely bothered and in fact wanted more details. What color was your throw up, Mama Peters? His stomach had begun to settle down and he was excited by Mama Peters' story. Pearson! Penelope practically jumped out of her seat and whacked him. So grossed out by the thought of the color. What? I want to know if Mama threw up rainbow colors because of the color of the jelly beans. Oh, Piers, I don't remember. And even if I did, I don't think I would share. Mama Peters laughed. <laughs> but from that day forward, I have never, ever eaten or wanted to eat a jelly bean again. My overindulgence triggered a disdain for jelly beans to this day. But that's a small consequence for such a lack of self-control. And anyway, I really don't need to love any more sweet treats than I already do. Oh, Mama Peters, but that's so sad at Easter time. One of my favorites is jelly beans, Pearson remarked. 
Well, that's sweet of you, Pierce, to think of me. But you know how much I love chocolate. And at Easter time, there's a smorgasbord of all kinds of chocolate. But truly, I must always check myself and remember to honor the Lord even in my eating. I must remember that He's holy and He's given us all things to enjoy, but He wants us to be disciplined and careful and realize that if it's left up to us, we would only want to enjoy all things all the time. But I look forward to feasting freely in heaven one day. That's such a great story, Mama Peters. Penelope was shouting, and I'm feeling so much better. The Peters had been sitting in the driveway for a solid half an hour as Mama finished the story. The children were elated that their belly aches had begun to subside. I'm feeling better too, Mama Peters. I'm going to try to be more self-controlled next time. Right now, I can't stand the thought of even a kernel of popcorn, Pearson exclaimed. Me neither, Penelope added. Well, how about the taste of toothpaste? Because it's time to go in and get ready for bed. I'm so glad you're all feeling better. Daddy Peters ushered them all into the house. Pearson and Penelope made their way to the bathroom, where they brushed their teeth extra hard that night. After finishing, they went upstairs to bed, where their bellies continued the digestion process all the way until morning. And despite getting sick from all the sweets they consumed, the Amazing's Three movie was spectacular. And they had been transfixed by Mama Peter's story. Mostly, though, Pearson and Penelope didn't want to forget how sick they had become after they had pigged out. And the next time their eyes were bigger than their stomachs, they wanted to practice self-control. And to practice that in whatever they did, whether in eating or drinking, they would do so to the glory of God. Hello, this is Grandmom's Corner. That's quite a story, isn't it? I'll let you in on a little detail. The writer of the story had a jelly bean experience, and she no longer eats jelly beans. So this story, like most of the stories, is based on a true life event. Which reminds me, if you've not yet listened to all of the stories, you can check the podcast for the ones you've not heard and have a listen, but back to this week's story. Not one of us is perfect, and we all struggle with sin. Even those who know Jesus struggle with sinful desires. We may struggle with being impatient, or having meltdowns, or being temperamental, or maybe we talk too much, or we don't exercise control over what comes out of our mouths. That is why it is so crucial that we make God's Word a big part of our lives. We need to listen to it, or read it ourselves, and memorize it. When we know God's Word, we are better equipped to fight off those temptations, like gorging on jelly beans, or procrastinating, like putting off practicing an instrument, or being lazy and not getting to schoolwork in a timely manner. We're probably all familiar with Psalm 119.11. Your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because we're sinners, we sin, but we can be better at warding off temptation when we learn and apply God's word. I want to turn my attention to my daughter Lydia, who is the youngest of our 10 children. She used to struggle with a bad habit that perhaps some of you may have as well, but I'll let her explain that to you. Hi, Lydia. Hi, Mom. So this week's story is about how Pearson and Penelope Peters struggled with self-control. For many years, you struggled with self-control, which led to a bad habit. Can you share some details about that? Yeah. I bit my nails out of habit for, I think, probably 10 years, I would, if I were to guess. I don't necessarily remember how it started, 
My guess is that I probably was nervous one day and it's kind of a nervous habit, just became kind of ingrained and it became a habit. So Lydia, would you say that your habitual nail biting was due to a lack of self-control? I think I would, probably. I think sometimes I legitimately didn't think of it because it was a habit and you don't always think what you're doing at the time, um, but I would get corrected on it. And a lot of times I just, for some reason, I wanted to keep doing it or I felt like I had to do it or I would keep doing it. And I also wasn't being controlled in my thoughts about paying attention to doing it. Like I wasn't, I was just letting my mind be lazy and was just biting my nails and not thinking about it. So am I hearing you correctly that you pretty much wanted to keep biting them and you didn't do anything or you didn't take any steps to stop? Would you say that's a correct assessment? Yeah, I think for the most part. And then even sometimes I would think about it, but I'd be like, well, I would just want to do it. You mentioned having been corrected about it. Who corrected you? Usually you would or dad would or my sisters would. Um, and it, they're always trying to help me, but it didn't always feel like that. So was there a time when you decided, this is it, I can't bite my nails anymore? I think when I was younger, I probably didn't feel like I needed to stop it as much or it would be really momentary. Like sometimes I would bite them so much that it would actually hurt my fingers. I often was really embarrassed by it. So it's funny because if you look at pictures, I can see, and I remember doing this where I would like hide my fingers or fingernails because it was embarrassing because they were really short and they looked bad. And then I think as I got older, I wanted to stop it more, but again, that desire wasn't strong enough to overcome it. And I would pray about it a lot, but I really probably didn't really care too much because I didn't really make that much of an effort until I was toward the end of high school. And I prayed about it and I remember how I kind of came to the conclusion. I was in a class and I saw a girl biting her nails. I thought, you know, that's kind of a dirty habit. And I thought, you know, that's probably how I look. And I just tried to be more mindful about what I was doing and prayed about it more. And thankfully, God helped me not bite them anymore. When we boil it down, our lack of self-control is really sin. And I'm not just pointing the finger at you, Lid. I need to exercise better self-control in a lot of areas in my life. But sin has consequences. So let's talk about how your nail biting had consequences. Yeah, so you wouldn't really maybe even think anything about biting your nails other than maybe it looks bad or it's dirty. But for me, it was lack of self-control, but it also prevented me from doing things that I wanted to do, and one of those was painting my fingernails, especially for my sister's wedding, because I was in that. And I remember being, I, getting angry actually over it because I couldn't paint them the way I wanted to when I was in Abby's wedding. My nails were too short. Nails, if you know, like they don't just grow overnight. So even if I wanted to stop for this one particular day to get my nails done, it wouldn't even be possible because they, they grow slowly and over time. Maybe you could offer some words of encouragement to someone who might be listening, who may have a habit of biting nails, biting their nails, and they feel like they can't stop. Was there maybe a verse that you memorized that helped you stop biting your nails? Yeah, one of the verses that I think about even now that's helpful to me is um, a verse that talks about how no temptation has overtaken you, um, but such is common to man, but God is faithful and he'll always provide a way of escape. 
First, First Corinthians 10, 10 13. 13. Yeah. Right? I love that verse. And I think it's just helpful because it talks about how God will help you when you think there is no escape. And I think people can feel that way when they're really struggling with something. Even the other day, I was like, there's no way that I cannot be, you know, whatever it was, like angry mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. because I just, I wanted my own way. Or, and I remember that verse and it's like, no, I can be, I can be kind, I can be at peace, I can be all those things because God, because Christ died on the cross and he saved us from our sin and now we have the Holy Spirit to help us. Yes. And so no temptations overtaken us and because God is faithful and he'll always provide a way of yep. escape. I like to land on that. God is faithful and that's awesome stuff. Praise yeah. God. And that's a wrap. So thanks, Lydia. Come back sometime. Okay, I will. Thanks. All right, love you. Love you too. Come back next week for another Peter's Children Adventure. Bye for now.